Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Talking Out About. Um, Happy New Year, this is the first one of 2022, which seems utterly bonkers that we're already in a new year. Um, I'm very lucky today to be joined by Tom, um, so welcome to the podcast, Tom. Thank you very much, brilliant to be here. Um, well, hopefully yeah. you still feel that way at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, we'll see. Well, fingers crossed. Cool. So, um, yeah. Tom, you also, um, do you actually, let's start right at the end. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you link with FND? Yes, yes, absolutely. So I've been battling FND for about two decades. Um, I got it when I was in my mid-twenties. I was a professional musician and my career was going very well. I was studying at music college uh, at the Guildhall School of Music, doing a postgraduate in jazz. I was gigging sort of most nights of the week. Um, life was good. And then everything kind of collapsed. I got these um, overuse injuries in my wrists and knees. Mm. And they seemed to trigger FND. And I found myself on the on the kind of classic path that so many people have been through mm. of seeing, you know, consultant after consultant who didn't know what was wrong with me. Yeah. And it was the usual story. They'd do all the tests. Uh, the tests would come out normal. And then they'd say, uh, it's all in your head. <laughs> you know, so, That's always uh, a favourite line. Isn't yes, it? Which, which was great. You know, really helpful. Yeah. So um, basically, this this actually ended up going on for about 12 years um during which time i deteriorated pretty pretty appallingly and Mm. um basically i was sort of shunted sort of ping-ponged between neurology and psychiatry and i'd keep going backwards and forwards and Mm. you know you you'd see the neurologist and they would sort of you know they they'd they'd sort of say oh oh, you might have uh you know muscular dystrophy you might have motor neurone disease yeah and then, and then they do the test, they come out normal, and then they go, okay, right, you definitely need to see a psychiatrist. It, you know, I think you're, you're clearly, you know, some sort of uh, neurotic hypochondriac. You'd go to see the psychiatrist, and then the psychiatrist would, would either say that, that I can't find any evidence of depression or anxiety or trauma. Mm. Uh, you, you seem psychologically fine. Yeah. And then send you back to the neurologist or... Alternatively, the psychiatrist would go, oh, you've been suffering from depression and anxiety your entire life. Mm. And, um, you know, so so obviously I started to realise that, you know, the psychiatric profession was highly subjective in the way that they look at things. And, and it, it de- depends who you see as to what their opinion is. Mm-hmm. But this went on for ages. I, I ended up deteriorating to the point where I was I was having to be looked after by carers because... I couldn't, I lost the use of my arms, I couldn't walk. Um, and I ended up housebound for, for the last sort of, I don't know, I think probably seven or eight years. I kept going to doctors, I kept going to hospitals, and then the, the, everything changed when eventually, I think just sort of, I, I was seeing a neurologist who was, who was quite a nice guy, um, but, and he was trying Botox injections because I had very severe muscle spasms in my neck mm. and shoulders, and these sort of, strange kind of writhing movements mm. uh, accompanied by a lot of pain sort of very severe burning pain and um he we tried botox for a few years and initially it seemed to help and then it seemed to be not really helping and, and sort of make it worse and then 
as a kind of last ditch effort, he said, look, I've, there's this guy called uh, Mark Edwards who's just opened up a new clinic at the National Hospital for Neurology and Neurosurgery in London. Hmm. And um, he's looking into sort of complex, unexplained neurological disorders. I'm going to send you to him because I, I think he might be able to help you. So I went there and, and that was the first time anyone sort of seemed to be taking it seriously. I, I saw he's now Professor Mark Edwards and mm. he's recognised as one of the the top FND researchers. Yeah, he's very well known, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, you, you well. know him. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, he said to me, so I walked in there a, li a little bit defensive because, you know, this I'd, I'd seen countless doctors over, you know, uh, 12 years or whatever. Yeah. And um, and got a bit battered by it all, and and he was great. He was very, you know, just a decent guy, very kind of normal, uh, uh, polite. And he said, "Look, I think you might have this thing called FND, which mm. I, I, I hadn't really heard of." Um, and he said, "You know, it isn't psychological. It's not. Um, you're not converting trauma into physical symptoms. You know, mm. which is the sort of Freudian perspective." Yeah. He said, I think the type of FND you have is actually a, a kind of movement disorder. Yeah, because there's a slight, yeah. there's a, there's a, um, oh, oh, God, the word I wanted has just gone. There's, um, so you have the FND and then you have the movement. There's like an extra part to it, isn't there? That's the movement. Yeah. Side. I think, yeah, I mean, I think FND is just incredibly complicated, isn't it? <laughs> there is, that is the very <laughs> simple way of viewing it. It's yeah. just a very complicated mistress. It, it is a complicated mistress, absolutely. And it's, it, it's a disruption of so many different systems in the brain mm. that it affects everyone very differently. Yeah. And it does, it does seem to be split into, I mean, I think there are probably lots of different subsets in FND. Um, yes. But I suppose the two sort of clearest ones are the kind of classic movement disorder type where you get sort of a lot of sort of jer jerky movements, spasms, mm -hmm. Uh, problems with coordination and then obviously then there's non-epileptic seizures yeah or there's lots of different names for that type aren't there yeah there are and, and then there are people who have both yeah so there's some the lucky, the lucky yeah. few that have it all <laughs> <laughs> yes that is the yeah yeah that's 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 the that's the camp that i sit in i'm one of the okay the lucky yeah. fortunate ones that just have a bit of everything um and i get yeah. to experience the full joy and beauty that is fnd on a regular basis it's it's really fun <laughs> um yeah. yes you've been blessed with all the symptoms i have i've Wonderful. been blessed yeah. with with a, a, a variety of all things that just yeah Every day is like a pick a mix. You just don't yeah. know what you're gonna get. It's quite entertaining. Um, <laughs> you get to be a medical phenomenon. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Yeah. I, I mean, that's fine with me. I'll carry on and do as I need to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, um, but that I, yeah, sounds I mean, like a very long journey for you. It was, and basically, what happened to sort of finish it off is he, he, we, he did all the tests, and and then he was he was pretty much sure that I had FND, and then I was. Um, admitted for mm. what ended up being four months of intensive physio oh so you went into the actual yeah yeah i was oh, well, wow. he, he kind of admitted me on an emergency basis i mean i'd been i mean he was pretty appalled by what had happened to me and i'd been polydrugged as well by just about every doctor i'd seen mm. so i was on massive amounts of uh lorazepam uh the benzodiazepine you know uh, mm. uh, i was on i was on uh drugs for nerve pain um 
I was on been put on antidepressants. I've been put on muscle relaxants. That mm. seems to be um, yeah. quite. I don't want to say normal, but that sends, tends to be the case. You either get prescribed all the drugs under the sun, yeah, or yeah. you get prescribed nothing. And I sit in that I was prescribed nothing. Where I know other people that I've had on the podcast and I've come across, yeah, they've been prescribed absolutely anything and everything. everything. So it seems yeah. to depend, like you said earlier, yeah. who you see is to how they tackle it with you why did they prescribe nothing for you what what was the mindset behind that they just didn't i don't know the the, well, the reason behind it they just did they just chose not to whereas for you obviously they chose to do that yeah i mean i was in extreme pain so i think they sort of decided to just kind of throw everything at it drug wise <laughs> but at the same time they were also telling me there was nothing wrong with me so it was mm. it was kind of completely illogical <laughs> and paradoxical yeah. you know but they did what what I mean Prof Edward said we've got to get you off lots of these drugs very quickly because mm. lots of them are like I mean basically if you carry on like this it's gonna kill you. You know, you, yeah. you are you are taking an overdose every day practically. I mean it's yeah. ridiculous. So he also said, you know, you're you're they said, you know, you're one of the worst cases we've seen in terms of um the level of your functioning. I mean, it had become impossible to to cope really because mm. The, the the smallest movements were triggering sort of days, sometimes weeks of muscle spasms. So it had become so extreme that, yeah, I mean, it was, so he was like, I want to admit you as soon as I can. And uh, it was really a matter of weeks. Mm. Um, and then it ended up being four months. It, it stopped, most of it was physio. So most of it was, because as I said, my type was the sort of movement disorder, sort of yeah. variety. Mm. Um, the the main thing was essentially movement retraining yeah um and but there was uh, i did also have cbt and occupational therapy on top of it mm. so it was multidisciplinary but they started mostly with physio and then they kind of eased in the other things yeah and and it was actually miraculous the treatment in terms of um i mean i'm not cured of fnd but it it they got me I mean, I hadn't played any instruments. My instruments are drums and piano, and I hadn't played any instruments for 12 years, and they managed to get me playing piano again in the last few weeks. I mean, uh, I think I saw something on your Twitter of you playing yeah. the piano. I think I saw that literally the other day. Yeah, yeah, I've posted some videos of me playing, yeah. Which is amazing that you've been able to get back to that yeah. space, and I think that yeah. definitely shows that with the right support and the right... Um, treatments in place actually people can make yeah those really good steps forward regardless yeah. of how long the the pre-bit to it was so in terms of because I've not actually spoken to anyone that's been into mm. the London I'm going to call it the unit but the London base um yeah so how long is a normal stay then is four months the norm or? no not at all no um I think at the I think so. Prof Edwards has moved now to St George's, mm. and has started. They offered him a place there, and a lot of funding to start his own FND program because I think he was a bit frustrated at the National Hospital because um, the the unit was a kind of general neuropsychiatry unit. Yeah, that that I was on, and so that that still is there and functions. And the normal amount of time is four weeks. Oh, blimey. But I think, which probably isn't long enough, but I, I have seen people, I think because my case was so bad mm. and it was such a kind of emergency, they literally had to take the position that 
we just have to sort of get this guy in and yeah. keep him here until we can actually, you know, until we've sort of, because of the drug situation, because of the level yeah. of disability. And also I think they they've felt a responsibility because the previous 12 years, all the medical professionals have made such a complete mess of it, you know? Yeah. And, and there were even, I mean, Prof Edwards even said, you know, you could, I actually have to inform you, you are well entitled to go down the legal route here, you know. Mm. It was that bad. I didn't want to go down the legal route, I just wanted to go with getting better, you know. Yeah, you just want to focus on getting exactly. better. Exactly. I mean, there's no point. Suing doctors is very hard, it would be very stressful. I thought mm. it was pointless, you know. But certainly the, their standard course is four weeks and I saw a lot of people coming in to do the four-week programme. I've been mm. I've had two long stays at that hospital. One one was in 2012, my first one. The second one was 2016, which ended up being five months when I had a very bad flare-up mm. um, because I was taking off some meds much too quickly. Mm. But I have seen people make amazing progress in just those four weeks yeah. on a multidisciplinary programme. Yeah, so I, so, um, yeah. from my own experience, so I was also um, admitted into a unit that special. Yeah is in FND um, and as a bit of an emergency oh god she's deteriorating very, yeah. very quickly let's quickly get her in somewhere because that um, can happen yeah yeah and it, it was mine mine came on and I was wheelchair bound within th three months god um, right yeah, yeah so mine was very quick and I lost my memory my speech yeah. I lost everything so they very quickly moved me in somewhere um but that that place only does a four-week turnaround. And the turnaround really? I saw in some of the people there were amazing. They were multidisciplinary as well. But the like same, one of my yeah. friends, she went in in a wheelchair and she left walking. And it was amazing yeah. to see I've seen that, that many change. Times. Yeah, yeah. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, I had that kind of experience where it was a huge turnaround. Um, mm. And I saw a lot of people have it. Um, but I also saw quite a lot of people not have it. Yeah. And that was tough. And I don't think that your level of determination has much to do with, I think there's an element of luck involved. Mm. Um, so I think if someone does do one of these programs and, and, and they give it their all and they don't necessarily get incredible results, they mustn't blame themselves, you know? Oh, no, definitely not. And I, I would second that completely. And I yeah. even my experience, as much as um, I needed to be there, yeah. It wasn't, I didn't go in in a wheelchair and leave walking. I still yeah. left in a wheelchair. And as much as I learned a lot from my stay, yeah. I didn't have that big turnaround moment yeah. Yeah. at all. So yeah. I think that's a really good point that you've raised that yeah. if yeah. you are going to go into a program, it's absolutely wonderful if you have that big turnaround. But if you don't, it's it's okay. It's yeah. not bad thing it doesn't mean that you didn't try hard enough or that you totally. didn't want it it just yeah. means it wasn't the right set of circumstances for you to make Absolutely. to get there that's all and um, and, and, and fnd is such a complex condition <laughs> and it affects so many different areas of the brain yeah and it affects people in so many different ways that the the, the, the sort of multidisciplinary treatment mm. thing is in a way a very kind of blunt instrument to approach it because mm. we still don't know enough about it so yeah. I think it's kind of the it's a lot better than the sort of previous way of looking at it which was it's all Freudian conversion disorder you know yeah that old sort of outdated paradigm yeah but I still think there's so much research that needs to be done in really trying to sort of target 
exactly how this is affecting different people because I've got I made a lot of friends in those two admissions with FND, and I, and I with some of them I really felt I had a, a quite a different condition to them. Mm. I think I think with all these conditions there are definitely there are, there are, there are sim there are these sort of similarities, and I think everyone probably has this 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 sort of brain network problem. Mm. Yeah. And that's what makes it FND. But you know, it how it displays is different. It, yeah, and I think there's a guy. Uh, do you know FND Portal? Have you? Uh, yes, I've. I, um, I have them on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, he he did this brilliant um, YouTube video that I would really recommend anyone with FND have a look at, um, mm. where he talks about um, FND. He uses the metaphor of an orchestra. So. What he said is, if you think about if FND is um, so, with the the research they've done, there seem to be disruptions. The main areas that that there seem to be problems with are the amygdala, which is our fight or flight system. Yeah. Uh, something called the insular cortex, and something called the temporal parietal junction. So those are three different areas, and. What's really interesting is that they're all communicating with each other all the time mm. to produce a result. Um, and they're all involved in, well, particularly the insular is involved in regulating many, many different functions. So one of the things that, it, that it's involved in regulating is our perception of pain. Yeah. Another is uh, motor movements mm -hmm. and... and uh, uh, it also, to some extent, regulates emotion as well and may even play a part in, in creating consciousness and our sense of self. So when you, when you hear that, this is certainly in the, in the F&D portal's um, sort of summary of, of, of the latest new scientific research, you, hmm. you can see the immense complexity of what you're dealing with. Yeah. Because that's just one brain area. Which, yeah. And, and it's not like the brain doesn't work like there's one area that just controls pain, there's one area that just controls emotion. No, it's you know all I mean? interlinked, it, it isn't is. it? Exactly. And it's like a big ball of yarn that's got all tangled and exactly. yeah. you can't find the end to undo it all. Yeah. Um I have to say, having listened to all that, I feel like I need to crack open a textbook and learn a little bit more about my brain. Well, um, check out the, the the quick and easy way is go and check out his YouTube video. I, I think it, it was it. A, it was called it's if you just go to YouTube and just type in FND portal, it should bring it up and it's called All Reflections Are Light and it's a it's a lecture I think he did it for the charity FND Hope and it, it mm. just he just basically steams through all the neuroscience on FND and it's brilliant he he'll give you the lot you know in in an hour right oh all reflections <laughs> all reflections are light yeah. Like, FND portal and anyone listening, I can't recommend it highly enough. I, I would really go and check it out. Right, it's but on the, my to, it's on my to do list. Yeah, really, really do 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 it. It's brilliant. You might have to watch it a couple of times because there's loads. I ended up watching it two or three times. There's loads in it. Yeah, and I wanted to really get my head around it because obviously I'm I really want to try and beat this thing. You know. Um, yeah. So that so, that's an in so, and I've not had this conversation. I don't yeah. know before. Do you? Do you see it that you can beat FND and get to the point where it's no longer a factor in your life? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just the way um, you phrased it. You made it sound as if like you were, were going to like completely eradicate it from your life. So I was curious as to. I, I, I know it sounds completely mad, but yes, I think I am going to attempt that. Yeah. 
I mean, okay. I did get, no, that's fair. I, I, did, I did get to a point where I got it down to a degree where it really wasn't affecting me much at all. Mm. And it was very much in the background. And I did. And then unfortunately, they took me off the last of the medication mm. uh, and, and they did it much, much too quickly. And I had a most colossal flare up. Yeah. Which has taken actually many years to recover from. So, yeah. so it was a it was a sort of it's a bit like uh, the myth of Sisyphus, you know, where he has to roll the ball up the hill. The Greek myth. I mean, I'm going to say yes, uh, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> well, there's this guy in Greek mythology who spends his life rolling this ball up a hill, and his mm -hmm. punishment by the gods is that just as he gets to the top, it, it falls down again, and he has to do it again. And, it, and it, it sort of sometimes with FND has felt a bit like that. You know, you sort of climb the mountain, then you have a flare-up, and you're right back to the beginning again, you know. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that, I that's... mean... I feel like I definitely need to crack open a couple of textbooks after this conversation. I feel like I'm severely <laughs> okay, yeah. lacking. Oh dear, yeah. So check, check out the video. Start with the video. I'll yeah, start great. with the video. Let's let's start but, there and just go forward from that point. I think. Yeah, yeah. But what all, all I wanted to say is that he he has this brilliant orchestra metaphor, which for me kind of nailed it. Um, where he says, if you think of the brain as as like a big a big orchestra and you've got obviously got your your violin section mm. you've got your double basses you've got the brass section yeah you know, uh the percussion section and all these different sections are being controlled by the conductor and essentially they also kind of listen to each other to to keep in time as well mm. you know now what would happen if some somehow everyone was suddenly cut off from the conductor there was an explosion no one could hear or see the conductor yeah uh the room was filled with smoke so what might happen is is everyone will be thrown a bit out of out of whack wouldn't they yeah and you if you're in the violin section you might listen to the brass section next to you and sort of try and keep in time with them mm. to, to sort of um try and keep the whole thing going and maybe you know, so you've got all these different sections that have been thrown out of whack by some kind of event. Um, and they're all sort of trying to follow each other. But essentially, there's been a big disruption of this sequence. So if you see that as a sort of metaphor for the brain, um, it, FND does seem to be triggered. It can be triggered both by emotional trauma and physical trauma, can't it? Mm. So a lot of people will have an accident or a blow to the head and that will be the sort of triggering factor yeah um, so with me it was these overuse injuries and then uh for, for a lot of people it'll be it'll be a psychological trauma like a, a sort of ptsd level incident which yeah. will essentially there's some kind of blow or disruption to the nervous system isn't there yeah that there's throws, something that throws it off yeah that throws all these systems out of whack mm. and i thought that idea of the orchestra was a really good metaphor for sort of summing up what is a kind of brain system disorder, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's not one I've heard before. The way that I normally, yeah. if people ask me, the way I normally phrase it is that um, it's like the old, when back when um, you'd have the women changing the lines of telephones and everyone had a specific port and it would, the wires would be here yeah. everywhere and that they, 
it had gone in the wrong section and the wire had got crossed or it'd been dropped or it'd been moved and yeah. put in the wrong gap. So for me, like my walking, the wire that told me how to walk properly was put in the one that was com- like, I don't know how to use scissors or something. It was completely random. So I had no idea how to do it. And yeah. in the process, I was trying to untangle all those wires yes. and put them back where they should have been. I've not heard the orchestra one before, but I like I- that. Good to have a couple of different ways to do I think it. your metaphor is really I think that's a great metaphor, actually. The telephone exchange one, yeah. yeah. That's the word, telephone exchange. Thank you. Yeah, I was sat yeah, here going, what is it called? I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think we we all, and there'll be people out there with a different way of phrasing it. I know that yeah. my way of understanding it developed from it being a computer screen on screensaver with something trying to boot in the background to this telephone thing. And I think as you have it, for longer or you sit with the idea for longer your understanding of it changes and develops until you find the one that makes the most sense for you and is the simplest to put forward so for me it's the telephone one for you the orchestra one like it's it's we're still describing the same thing yes just viewing it in a different way so it makes sense for us and what we need absolutely yeah and and whatever metaphor helps to make sense of it for you is, mm. is, is the one to stick with isn't it yeah definitely. oh yeah definitely yeah Very well, definitely. did you how did your do you, so for me the triggering event was definitely this sort of overuse injuries which mm-hmm. which were very painful but for you what what would would you mind talking about what triggered yours or, um so mine was i had laryngitis right yeah um i was a teacher and mm-hmm. I had laryngitis. It actually started this time three years ago. So I'm yeah. coming up to kind of an anniversary for it, if you like. Um, yeah, yeah. So I had three plus weeks of laryngitis. Mm-hmm. Um, I had numerous blood testing. So that I'd gone and had a blood test and I popped into where I worked. And I had a non-epileptic attack on the floor and proceeded to have them for... Uh, quite a while end up getting taken to hospital in an ambulance so mine was yeah gosh. laryngitis slash blood test that yeah out, and then the rest is it, history it, should they say yeah so the so the the laryngitis would have would have probably weakened you quite considerably already yeah. and then something about the blood test yeah i'm i am i have a a, i'm i have a phobia of needles i do not like sharp pointy things coming near me so needles terrify me um my body was already in and being a teacher you're working on overdrive anyway and i think that my body had just had enough it was telling me to stop it was telling me to slow down yeah and i didn't um yeah, and therefore yeah. it upped the ante to get me to listen and it still tries to up the ante on me to get me to listen like right now as we're talking i have brain ache because i'm talking about something that my brain is unhappy with really um, yeah get like a burning ache dull like someone's hammering my head on the inside um when i get too near something it doesn't like um, really yes <laughs> yes yeah. so do you think there's a so if there's something that's sort of emotionally quite triggering yeah then that will definitely impact yeah. symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I know that if I get brain ache, that's like my early warning sign. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it doesn't last very long. It can literally be about 30 seconds and then it's gone. Like it's gone now and it's fine. Like I'm okay. It's absolutely fine. Other times it will last a bit longer and it'll be more painful, but it's like my early 
early weather sign if you like yeah <laughs> but maybe i need to have a think about what i'm doing <laughs> yeah what what do they how do they teach you to to what what do you do when that happens what are the sort of strategies i don't I don't have anything. I just power through because really? I'm a stubborn, stubborn individual. <laughs> I literally just okay. stubborn my way through it. And that, yeah. that that was pulled quite a lot actually by the doctors. You're very stubborn, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> um you can't walk. No, I'm still walking. It's happening, just just deal. Um, yeah, yeah. I just I just stubborn my way through it. Like I think I'm very, I'm extremely stubborn as well. <laughs> I think uh, I I I think it's sort of got a negative and a positive sort of aspect, doesn't it? Stubbornness yeah. is actually, it's, it, it's a, I think it's a big part of, you know, it, if you're stubborn, you're determined and that, that, mm. that, that might well help you recover because yeah. you just, you just won't give up. But at the same time, yeah, it can sort of get you in trouble as well. Can't oh, it? oh it, it very definitely can. Yeah. And I got into trouble <laughs> many times for yeah. being far too stubborn for my own good and pushing mm. just that extra little bit too far that I shouldn't have pushed. Yeah. But, I was, I was very guilty of that they did when I did the um the the program at, at the National Hospital they talked a lot about the boom and bust cycle oh I've not heard did, of this did one they, did they do that with you you yeah no. it, and they said you're a classic boom and buster <laughs> so what you do is you as soon as you get a little bit of improvement you just go at it like hell for um, leather okay. right. and they said what you have got to do is um they said you're kind of an all or nothing type person, which is totally true. I mean, I think a lot of musicians are, you know, mm. and, and, and well, lots of people are. I mean, a lot yeah. of my, most of my friends are, you know, mm. just tend to like, they're just very passionate about what they do, you know, and I'm sure yeah. you, you were with your teaching as well. I mean, that's a, you know, um, so it, it, I think if you're a kind of go for it type person, and I think a lot of FND patients are, what, what they had to do with me is they had to sort of timetable everything really like they said, listen, you can only do this amount every day of your sort of physio or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got to be. Otherwise, you're going to blow it. You're going to ruin the rehab yeah. because you'll just do too much. You know, so with your piano or when they got me sort of painting and drawing again and things like that or anything, you know, it was like you have to do only this amount. And and they had a kind of whole system to deal with sort of <laughs> boom and busters, you know, which was quite which works you know it's very effective so, yeah um but it is a, i think that is a really hard thing as well because on, on a sort of to be more serious i think if you haven't one of the hardest things is if you've been kind of certainly like for example if, if you've been housebound or you haven't been able to walk yeah you know and then suddenly you can do a little bit you're like oh actually, my god i'm free i yeah, know let me go yeah and it's really understandable that you just want to go for a nice long walk um so it sort of throws up challenges doesn't it that are, oh yeah completely really 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 hard to deal with yeah I mean I had um I've had this conversation throughout my yeah. journey with FND and it, it it's one of those things which I really fought against mm. um and I had a physio on um Hamish uh, yes I listened to that that was a great uh, interview yeah oh yeah. good I'm glad yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and he was talking about pacing as well and I remember yeah. when I was talking to my physio and things like that they were like you need to pace yourself. And I was like, nah, I'm fine. I'll <laughs> yeah. just crack on with it. Don't you worry about me. I'm a teacher. I can totally just keep going. It's absolutely fine. I've got nothing. Yeah. I can totally do this. And I really fought against the idea of pacing myself. And again, yeah. the whole, you've got to take it slow and steady to be able to win the race. I was like, absolutely yeah. not. I've now can walk. 
I'm going. Let me go. Yeah. Or even if I can't walk, I'm still going. You just have to. Yeah. It will look weird, but I'm still going. Yeah. Um, and I fought incredibly hard against the idea of pacing myself. And I still find that really hard today I to kind see. of go, yeah. hang on a minute. I've done a lot. Now I need to stop. And I think it's that. It's so tough. Yeah. It's that whole thing of if you have been housebound, if you've been in a wheelchair, if you've not been able to, you know, go to the end of your drive or whatever. Yeah. The idea of going out is really exciting. You're like, I don't want to miss the opportunity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Experience it. Like it's raining. Right. Let's go out in the rain. Or oh, it's snowing. Right. Let's go make snowmen. Let's go have a snowball fight. Like let's go do stuff. Like, yeah, I don't want to sit and watch TV because I spent, over a year sitting and watching TV, unsure about anything that's yeah. going on. I want to do now. I want to be out. Let me Absolutely. Out. <laughs> I want to be busy. Yes. Yeah. I want to be busy and, and I want to spread my wings and fly. <laughs> yeah. I'm bloody sick of doing nothing. You yes. And, and I think that's, yeah, that's the tough one, isn't it? I had that too, where you, like, particularly with the piano, when I started, first started playing it, I was only allowed to do five minutes a day, you know. Mm. And I hadn't played for 12 years, you know, and I used to be a professional musician and literally I'd be playing all the time. Yeah. And you just want to play and play and play because it's like you can sort of breathe again, you know. Yeah. Playing music again. It's kind of yeah. how you express yourself. And it, it seems normal again. You're like, oh, yeah. this is me. I've lost me. I found yeah. me. Here I am. To yeah. That uh, the identity thing is another thing, isn't it? I mean, oh, don't even get me started. Yeah. On one. <laughs> I mean, I think this. Lots of identity. I think every single FND patient and all my friends who've got it, I've spoken to. Everyone's had that the, the 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 pain of that sort of loss of who you were before the the, the illness. You know, is, is the, I I have that now. When I was yeah. going through it, I had it less because I actually I have something called dissociative disorder. R right. What's that? So, so that's alongside the FND and the non-epileptic attacks. Does that um, relate to trauma? Is it? Um, yes, yes, it yeah, does. So, dissociation um, from yeah, yeah. I have read about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you basically, yeah. on my worst days, yeah, I had no idea who anyone or anything was. I didn't know I that it was my house. I didn't know that they were my pets. I didn't know yeah. that my husband was my husband. I have n no link to my name or anything which is something I still struggle with now yeah. is actually yeah. saying my name because that's such a big part of the identity that I lost everything so yeah literally had not a scooby what was going on at any point during a good year yeah. uh, of this and I still have those moments today so when I think about where I went and losing the walk losing my speech and everything like that yeah, I almost feel a little bit fortunate that I wasn't fully aware enough to see it and yeah. experience yeah. it. But yeah. I would imagine for you being fully aware, it must have been heartbreaking to have seen that happen and have that happen. It was. I mean, I, I think. One, I mean, my sister actually said to me recently. She said, in a way, it was a blessing that you were so heavily medicated. You know? mm. Yeah, <laughs> because you because I mean, certainly a lot of the drugs I was on were very sedating, and she said your life was so dreadful yeah but the fact that you were pretty drugged up in a way mm. probably did help you get through the awfulness of yeah you know so but 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 no you're right it it, it was really tough losing your identity losing the career as a you know a really good career you know um things were going very very well for me um yeah. and yeah it was the beginning of an, an international career in music so yeah it was it was a like 
immense loss, you know. Um, How did you deal so, with that yeah, loss? That... Oh, God, I, I don't, I don't know. How have you dealt with it? Yeah, I mean, I have had some therapy mm. to, to, certainly in the middle of all of it, I did have some therapy to just try and cope. Yeah. Um, and we talked a lot about, I mean, I think actually there are two sides to it. There's a positive and a negative side in that on the negative, obviously you can't get away from that pain that you've lost yeah. your chosen sort of artistic profession or, you know, the thing that you love and were really good at. Mm. But on the upside, certainly what I ended up doing is exploring a lot of other sort of aspects of myself that I probably wouldn't have. So I read a huge amount. And then when I couldn't read because I couldn't hold a book, I listened to audio books. Yeah. And I ended up uh, reading a, a, an enormous amount and really um, exploring all sorts of areas that if I'd have been gigging every night, I wouldn't have gone into. And I think that mm -hmm. has enriched how I see life. You know? Yeah. And, and I think also having so much time to think, one of the things that I also said to myself is that I, I had time to think about what's really important in life for mm. me and what really matters and what actually makes me happy. And, you know, mm. and so I think now I'm sort of coming out the other side a bit. I'm very clear about... Um, How you want to spend your time. Ha yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, and, I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, well, je I'm jealous purely because yeah. I, 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 I wasn't aware enough. I couldn't do any of that. I lost the ability to think. Right, I literally right. couldn't think. I couldn't have a conversation in my head. So I'm jealous that you could have those conversations in your head. Yeah, but... And use I, that. Yeah, but a maybe, weird level. It may be I'm putting too positive a spin on it because actually a lot of the conversations in my head for those 12 years were pretty kind of grim. I mean, they were oh, just yeah. like... And, and I did have a suicide attempt in the middle of it. Oh, my so, goodness. So, yeah, it was... I mean, you know, I was in pain all the time every yeah. day. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the conversations in my head at times were, I just literally can't take this anymore. Yeah. And I would but, like to die, you know. So yeah. I think, you know, it, this may be all sort of hindsight and maybe it, it maybe you, the brain naturally sort of tries to put a positive spin on things. Because mm. sometimes I have memories from the darkest moments mm. where I was, you know, in my flat, very isolated, carers coming every, every day to wash me and because mm. I just couldn't function. I didn't have any use of my arms. And and sometimes they come back very vividly and I do get a chill running through my body. Mm. And I just sort of, it hits you really hard and you think, God, you know, that, what did I go through? Yeah. And and that feeling where you'd wake up every morning in terrible pain. Yeah. And you would just think, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can get through today. Yeah. So I think, I think. I, I don't want to put a too positive a gloss on it. I think no, maybe no. I was trying to sound positive to keep <laughs> It's, it has come at a terrible cost, you know, yes. and I've lost nearly two decades of my life. Yes, no, completely. I think the, so, um, I think it's always good to have I, that, I, that I, other side and say... Yeah, I, wouldn't whilst, be too, I wouldn't be too jealous. <laughs> no, I, I think for me... Yeah. Because I don't remember like a year, a year mm. plus 
of it at all. I have I have nothing to go on. Yeah. yeah, I think I like. I'm jealous of the idea that you were able to think. That there was an ability to reflect. Yeah, there was an ability for you to reflect, whether that was I, positive or negative. I think I'm getting had, that. Yeah, you yeah. had that ability to think yeah. and to but, have that conversation with yourself. And I think that's what I was. I'm, that was I'm stolen from you, of. wasn't it? Essentially, yes. you lost, yeah. and that is pretty hardcore, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's. Yeah. I completely understand that actually whilst yes we are talking in a positive way there are some negatives and there are some really hard points that come with the diagnosis of fnd and i'm not belittling that yeah yeah i think just on a very simple yeah level the fact that you were able to still think is amazing yeah. mind because but i lost that so that lost, i'm like um, oh, you could still think i yeah. wanted that why couldn't yeah. i think why couldn't I do that? Like, that, um, that, that's the base level I'm working on. Um, that must have been unbelievably tough. Uh, <laughs> what I can't imagine because I haven't been through it. What that must be like? I mean, it's it's highly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it's highly entertaining. Um, <laughs> just just a, makes... a sort of dark humor, dark, dark comedy aspect to to the awfulness of it yes they i mean and i think the problem was is that i wasn't yeah. aware enough i like this you've you've got me on a good day on right, right, on a right. bad day on a bad moment i am five years old i am yeah. two years old i am completely different everything about me will change um and to not be able to think was just weird so i lost it yeah. think which meant i lost my filter so i right. would literally say anything but I'd have no catch wow. to it. So it would literally just be whatever came into my mind, I would just say, whether it was appropriate or not, whether I thought it through, whether it made sense, whether it was I was talking to the right person, it literally just came out my mouth. And it wasn't until afterwards when I'd hear it. And it it's like yeah. um, hearing a bit of music for the first time. You're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. That would literally be me. And I'd look at myself and go, why on earth did you just say that? That is not what you were meant to say. Yeah. You are, that is not something you are meant to announce right now. Like, stop it. Um, so it That's, was highly entertaining yeah. in that in that respect. <laughs> yeah. I never knew what I was going to say. God, I've not come across this before. This is. Oh that, well, I'm glad I could. Yeah, but doesn't that <laughs> prove how differently this affects different people? Yeah. I mean, there's a huge spectrum, isn't there, of different oh, yeah, symptoms? Yeah. I mean, do you with with what what you now, when you have this, is it how often does it happen, and has it decreased um, in in frequency, or is it sort of so? Is, is it quite consistent? Or it's, it's so the thinking thing is I'm I am working on it. Um, yeah. So you are currently talking to me when my my thinking is not working. Um, so I okay. am literally just spouting what comes into my mouth. Hence, it's kind of jumbled in this sense, and that's what you yeah. up maybe in some of the other podcasts is that sometimes I sound really structured and really organised. Yeah. And others, I'm. You're like, how on earth did she get there? And you're like, I don't know. And I'm like, that's because I'm just saying what's what my brain feels it wants to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it has varying degrees. Sometimes it's just weird, and you're like, yeah. what is going on? It's I describe it as I'm potatoing. <laughs> that's um, a good word. Yeah. I'm potatoing. So when I have a particularly bad dissociative, not attack moment yeah. session, however you wanted to phrase it. Mm-hmm. I will either refer to it as I'm potatoing or yeah. I have a bad brain yeah. uh, and my brain is bad and I'm potatoing and you, you can, people that know me know that that means she's probably going to spout a whole load of rubbish at us. 
yeah just just take it with a pinch of salt um, <laughs> will it last is it like several days of of the week that it happens it or... can vary so sometimes it can i can be out for literally five minutes right other times i'll be out for a couple of hours a couple of days a couple of weeks it a couple varies. of weeks yeah and so when i yeah. was first going through it i was out for over six months consistently really yeah so you really lost six months didn't you i lost of, over six months of sort of being you yeah as your normal self mm -hmm. yeah that that's quite yeah that's quite something what did it what, is that you said there's the that you've got different conditions going on mm -hmm. at the same time haven't you so do, do, do you think that is the dissociative condition or it's also fnd and they're kind um, of feeding into each other I think that they are skipping around quite merrily hand in hand in my brain. Yeah, um, yeah. And that when, I think, when when I lost the ability to walk and talk, my yeah. brain saw it as a trauma. Yeah. And it protected me by kicking me out. Yeah. And it wrapped me in bubble wrap really tightly and shoved me in a corner and went, stay there until it's safe. Yeah. I think it's only just starting to realise that actually... FND isn't necessarily bad. Yeah. Um, and I don't have to run from it. It's not going to hurt yeah. me. It just needs a moment. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, it's something that I still try and I still have no control over it yeah. at the minute. I can identify when I'm going and I can go, oh, I'm now a bit wobbly. Um, mm -hmm. But I have no control over it. It just does yeah. what it wants as it wants, however it wants. Yeah. So where I would see a connection between our two conditions is um, this. I think what you're describing, it, it it's like a it's like a sort of hypersensitivity mm. of the fight or flight system, isn't it? Oh yeah, completely. And it's like it's become hyper vigilant and it's overestimating threat. Oh yeah, completely. And I, but the I threat have... can be anything, like a pen. It yeah. literally doesn't have to be anything sensible. And and it can get ridiculous, can't it? Oh, yeah. I did this too with with the movement issue because I, this is where I think, you know, we do both do both do have FND. Do you know what I mean? And it's not and and it and you can call them both FND, even though mm. they're they're affected us so differently. Mm. Is that what I had was I think my body got into a thing where, or sorry, my brain and nervous system got into a thing where they were sort of seeing you know very small movements or or lifting something up as a, a cause for total crisis and kind of a sort of defensive spasm would 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 kick in like a protective spasm because you know when you've got an injury your muscles your brain tends to send your muscles into a, a kind of protective contraction to immobilize yeah. the injury and it's like that system had gone into overdrive with me yeah. so i think they both link in in that this this as i said this this sort of um hypersensitized threat system don't they yeah and i think that's sort of a big part of fnd you know yeah it is yeah. i think it's it's not necessarily something that is i mean fnd as a whole could be talked about a whole lot more oh um, god yeah yeah but the the little specifics like the hypersensitivity or whatever they aren't really mentioned because well everyone's just dealing with the overarching umbrella of fnd but yeah looked down at how many people had how many different symptoms and where they overlapped and tried yeah. to understand them. I actually, I think quite a few of us would have a lot in common, but we aren't necessarily maybe aware 
yeah that they are symptoms so i had some very wonderful weird symptoms like i couldn't tell temperature with my hands you know right yeah that, that was fun but there, because it's not a big thing because it's not a walk or a talk or a memory yeah. you kind of push it to the side because you're like oh well you know I just can't tell the temperature of water with my hands. I'll just get into a scalding hot bath and it'll be fine. I won't be able to feel it. Did um, that happen? Yeah, a couple of times, yeah. Oh, God. Right, yeah. <laughs> because I had no way, I, I could not tell temperature. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's things like that that you just, because it's not in that big arc, it's kind of, it's still there, but it's almost hidden because it's not the big, yeah. the big symptom. Yeah, um, so yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's good to know that like you have some element of hypersen hyper oh god hypersensitivity that's it yeah it it kind of just makes you feel like you're not the only one going through it you've got something else in the world that goes you know what i get that part i may not get a bit but i get that part yes and i think i think because it, it, it does sort of make sense doesn't it if you look at the brain regions affected you know that 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 they're brain regions that are all tied up with emotion with Hmm. movement and with pain perception and they're so intertwined you can see how it could all get into a mess you know and 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 go haywire and start um sort of and i think the thing that sort of that is quite shocking about fnd is how quickly people can deteriorate and also how once this there's this kind of disruption how many different symptoms they can end up with yeah because like with the orchestra metaphor, once one sort of system's gone out of whack, there's a sort of knock-on effect on all the others, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And, and it kind and of that, just carries on going, doesn't it? It just it just yeah, picks it, a couple of other things out with it just for the sheer fun of it. Yeah, absolutely. And you end up in this sort of descending spiral of yeah. of increasing symptoms. And and that's why I think it's so important that we you know, I mean at the moment there's no national service for fnd is there there's a kind of a handful of specialist treatment services yeah of which there are very few yeah and and you know for any other neurological disorder you've got you've got you know every hospital will have a parkinson service an ms service yeah you know we need it so every hospital has an fnd service yeah and also so there's a kind of multidisciplinary aspect because if you are because every patient will need a slightly different approach, won't they? And, and they'll, yeah, completely. It, it probably needs to be tailor-made and there needs to be a bit of flexibility. And I mean, they do that with MS if you, or Parkinson's. If you've got Parkinson's, they don't just give you one thing. Mm. They've got, you've got the option of medication. You've got the option of physio. You know, in some cases, surgery can help. Uh, you know, so it's, you know, they, they've got a sort of whole range of different sort of treatment modalities that, that can be used. And... Mm. I think we should, as patients, really be campaigning for that for FND. You know, I mean, I think, I think the thing is that that causes stumbling block is awareness to begin with. Yeah. If yeah. there was more awareness to begin with, then that would open up the door for that sort of thing. But because FND, although it's like the most common neurological condition, there yeah. isn't that much awareness of it. I know. That's the thing that causes the block when you then go to go, well, you, we need an FND service. Yeah. You know, we need more of it because no one actually knows. No one's heard it, of it. No. And no yeah. one can pinpoint exactly <laughs> yeah. how it looks. There's no, it's not like it would show up on a brain scan and you go, right, well, there it is. Well, it does. But this this is the thing is that the, all the sort of, the, there are definitely now brain scans showing 
these this the the, the, the sort of dysfunction of different brain systems. Mm. But the problem is the the sort of leading ed, edge researchers are a tiny little niche community, mm. and they're not really this this information isn't really filtering down no. to the remaining ninety nine percent of doctors who were yeah. trained you know ten or twenty years ago thirty years ago, and 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 and, and this stuff's so recent you know yeah. the 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 neuroscience on FND is so you know it's, it's it's all happening now in the last few years. Yeah. So, so that's there's a problem with with that information, just getting to the doctors, you know, from yeah. the kind of leading edge researchers. But that's that's where yeah. like the FND charities come in. That's yeah. we come in because we talk about it on social media. We connect with people. Yeah, we spread that word as much as we can with Absolutely. what with what we're able to do, and I think that's really good. And we connect with lots of different people that have the same story or a slightly different story or just want to ask a question about, well, what, what am I meant to do? Am I meant to keep going to the neurologist or am I meant to try and yeah. get or, um, we are not saying that we are the experts. We're just saying that, Hey, we've been through this. Yeah. We might be able to offer you a little bit of a guide in the rough direction, but if you choose to take it, that's up to you. But we're here as a, a rough tour guide to the world that is FND. Yeah. And, and just to, to make people know that there are lots of us out here and mm. and, and we've we, you are not alone mm. and um yeah i think if we can if we can sort of come together more as a community yeah and and uh really start building momentum for more research as well yeah but hopefully yeah. with that with um the fact that social media is so big and there's yeah. access by everyone hopefully across everyone that does advocate for fnd and that spreads the word we can get the word out enough to open that door to then take yeah. the next step. I don't think it will be because of one person. It will be because no. of a collective group effort to go, yeah. look, hey, look at us for a second. There is something going on here. Let's work together to solve it. Absolutely. It, it, it has to be a movement. Solidarity is, oh, yeah. isn't it? Mm -hmm. And and I, I yeah, there's, it's not going to be one person. It's going to be yeah. a big, a big. I mean, big movements are what change yeah. things, aren't they? Yeah, completely. So be, and yeah. I think that's it's not to take away from everything that people do on an individual level. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that will only add to the awareness. Yeah. People talking about it and willing to engage in it because it is scary. Evan, it is scary it if is you're scary. going through it, but also if you see someone going through it, it's scary. It can be quite. Yeah traumatic and quite overwhelming and you're like oh my goodness what is going on so I think the more that we can talk about it and the yeah. more we can have these conversations and share them with the world or share a video okay. or playing the piano or whatever it might be yeah it just helps people see it as slightly less scary so they might be willing to engage with it more yeah and and and, and community and support is so important with coping isn't it yeah you know talking to others it, it helps you get through doesn't it you know oh yeah and you've learned um, something I totally would, i've I learned would, a huge amount already I feel like i've learned loads from this <laughs> yeah and i feel like that's that's why we do this is to learn and yeah. to, we're not saying we're the experts we're not saying we have all the answers we're just saying hey look i've got this bit do you do you yeah. want a bit of knowledge or do you not and that's fine do what you want with it but i'm putting it out for you to have the option yeah and this is what i've learned on my journey I hope they might help you in some way. You know, maybe it will, maybe it won't. You know, 
you know that's but what do you think in terms of what what's worked for you or what what could you tell me a bit about the so you did the multidisciplinary rehab yeah and it was that was four weeks was it yeah that was and four weeks was it the classic physio ot and cbt type uh of yeah yeah and mindfulness oh yeah yeah which is yeah they that i found that helpful mindfulness. Uh, yeah. i really struggled to engage with it it, it's because, not for everyone, is it? No, I really struggled yeah. because, as we've mentioned, my uh, my hypersensitivity to threat and things was playing quite a big part. So I yeah. couldn't switch off yeah. to yeah, yeah. the fact that when they said, oh, close your eyes and relax, that someone wasn't going to come out and stab me with a knife. Like yeah. that sort of thing. I couldn't, I couldn't make that switch off. A lot um, of people have said that. that a lot of, Some friends of mine have said that mindfulness actually makes it worse. Yeah. So I think they need to be more careful about mindfulness. It's, it's really hard. It's, I mean, yeah. they handled it very well. And they're like, right, you don't have to close your eyes. Just sit still. Yeah. And yeah. that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, so I had a mm, couple of hospital admissions before I went to the unit. Um, and then since coming out, I've had... Um, uh, I've had... What have I had? I've had speech therapy. I've had physiotherapy. Yeah. I've yeah. had um, as an outpatient. Yeah, and yeah. I had um, psychological input as well. Yeah. Um, so I've had quite a variety of things, and some they at some point at some points they all overlapped and happened at the same time. Yeah. Others they didn't. Um, what so, what yeah. do you, what what's, what do you think's worked out of all of that? Or, or oh God, has any of it worked? I mean, what what's what's the sort of I think it all... conclusion so far would you say i think it's all helped yeah i yeah. don't think although elements may not have been as helpful as the others mm-hmm. i think combined it made enough of a difference for me i yeah. i'm still learning i'm still attempting to understand yeah uh, but i think that the stubbornness that i feel about life has definitely helped keep that momentum moving yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah there are some points where i remember thinking why why am i bothering i'm yeah. gonna be like this forever what is the point yeah um, but i think that the stubbornness to just keep moving and that's I, very important isn't it to yeah. hang on to that you've got to it, hang on to i lost everything else apart from my stubbornness yeah yeah i I, I had to hold on yeah. dearly to it yeah, yeah. because it went away. <laughs> same, same for me. There was just this sort of raw survival instinct that I was left with, I'd say, that was just like, I'm going to get through this. Mm. And, and and a sort of bloody mindedness, you know. That, yeah. Yeah. And you're stripped down to sort of nothing and that's all that's there, isn't it? You know, is when, the, when I think yeah. when, you're, when you're stripped down to nothing, all you can do is go back up. You've got nothing. Yeah. You All you can do is start back up again. Yeah. And, be a really small step it can be a big step it doesn't matter the size of the step as long as you keep trying yeah yeah that's what matters and i think that i've been very lucky to have been able to access all the services i've been able to access and to be supported by some wonderful doctors and professionals um yeah so they were good they were were they pretty good were they quite uh, um, yeah so my first and I've spoken about it before, my mm-hmm. first neurologist that ever saw me and the first physio were not helpful. They made me feel 
like I was making it up. I was cheating. Yeah, yeah. It was all in my head. Um, yeah. Things like that. So my first experience was very negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've been very fortunate that I've been able to link with doctors who care and that don't make judgments like, oh, it's all in your head or you're choosing to do that. Um, and yeah. be willing to hear me and hear my side first before going, right, well, now you're just bonkers. Um, yeah, yeah. Instead of leading with that. I mean, no one's ever told me I'm bonkers. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I am, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> but I think um, we, uh, I think the feeling that we're all a little bit bonkers is quite common, isn't it? I don't, didn't that, you know. I hope so. <laughs> isn't that a part of the human condition? I think, I, hope so. I, I think everyone's slight, slightly mad in a way. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember being very, very scared of going to the unit and mm. thinking that they were going to put me in a straitjacket um, and that I was never going right. to come out. I was just going to be left there forever. Um, yeah. So I had, I know that I, that was a very big fear of mine. And I think that would probably be a fear of quite a few people that are starting to engage in psychological help in whatever form that might be. Yeah, is that yeah. fear of well, you are a psychologist. Yeah, airy. I don't want to talk to you because you're going to root round in my brain. Whereas because I lost my ability to think and to filter, I yeah. was like, crack on, go through my brain, pick it all apart. I don't mind. Just have a good old time in there because someone else is. So you you add into it, and that's absolutely fine. But yeah, yeah. I did they did, did did they sort of when you when they said. Uh, suggested this kind of multidisciplinary program mm -hmm. was it pitched to you as this is going to be properly multidisciplinary or were they sort of more biased towards saying it's quite psychological or what um, how was I, it kind of pitched to you before you went in what, what I it? honestly couldn't tell you because I wasn't aware you weren't, of you weren't with it enough to no. yeah all I yeah. remember thinking is that I was scared yeah. Um, and that I was really worried I was just going to be left there. Um, I was away from home by quite a number of hours. Yeah. I was yeah. on my own. I don't, I'm not a big fan of hospitals because hospitals tend to mean needles. I'm not yeah. a big fan of those. So I was yeah. already in that I want to be else anywhere but here mode. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a very overwhelming process because I just didn't know anything. I, I, I had nothing. I had no idea who I was. Like I couldn't, I didn't know how to talk to people there because I couldn't introduce myself. I couldn't tell them my yeah. name. I couldn't tell them anything about me other than I'm here. Hi. Yeah. Um, but so, were you, how long were you in that state um, from like when the FND was triggered by the, so it was what, what was the viral illness and the, and the blood test yeah. the triggers, weren't they? Yeah. And then, were you sort of thrown straight into a kind of dissociative state um, for months? Or, or no, years? so... So um, how did it kind of... What was the tr sort of trajectory of, of everything like? So I had the laryngitis um, this time three years ago. Yeah. Um, on the 30th of January. Uh, right, okay. So I, coming up for an anniversary. I yeah. am. It's quite a big anniversary and that's yeah. I had my first non-epileptic attack and I lost my walk on the 30th of January. Right, um, right. The next month, I then lost my talking. And then the next month, I lost my memory and everything else. God, yeah. And mine moved very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Very 
quickly, which is why I was able to get into the unit quickly because at the rate I was going, I was going to have nothing left. Yeah, I mean, I already was... had very little left, but I was going to end up with nothing left. Did did the unit give you back at all? Um, that I mean, did it getting back that sense of being able to make sense of sort of who you are and what's going on and not having that kind of massive it's like a sort of cognitive meltdown isn't it what, yeah. what you're describing did, did, were there things they were able to do to sort of bring you back into yourself um or, or... so i'd have moments i'd have moments of like clarity yeah someone would ask me there was there was someone in there who wanted to improve her maths yeah. and the teacher in me suddenly appeared and that yeah. was and i was i was good for like 10 minutes and i was right. able to do some maths with her um, and then I I disappear again, and it would be yeah. short, sharp bursts of oh, hang on a minute from the outside looking in. So like my husband when he'd come and visit, he'd go oh there she is. I like there she she that is her old version. Yeah. And, go, and it goes so quickly. There's no mm. there's no like gradual step down points. It's sometimes it's like no literally in the blink of an eye I am yeah. gone. Um, but there weren't there weren't like specific like I'm interested how how can how. Does, does a doctor treat something like this? Were, were there were there specific things that they were able to do that would give you a longer period where you had had clarity, or or was it did it you know what what how did they approach treating something like this 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 kind of cognitive sort of um, meltdown thing? What what did they do that uh, was it was it kind of psychological sessions or was it so. I'm just trying to think. Um, what did they do? I mean, when you were in there, were you were you immediately kind of having daily sessions with a physio, and then in the morning maybe, and then in the afternoon you had psychology because that's sort of how they did it with me at the national. You know, you had a kind of timetable. Um, so is it hard to remember? It's, it's hard for me to remember. Yeah. Um, properly. But I know it was, you'd have like physio mm -hmm. maybe once a day and then you'd have the therapy like once a week. And yeah. then the rest of the time you were kind of in downtime, like I think there was an air hockey table. Um, yeah. Crafts or that your time was filled in other ways, but not necessarily in like directed tasks. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I know that they found it incredibly difficult to make any progress with me because I just couldn't yeah. pain anything. Yeah. Um, because if you're a big part of my recovery was um, having to think very differently hmm. about my body hmm. and having to sort of learn how to, because I essentially one of the things they said to me is you're getting a lot of uh, sort of confused signals from your brain and your nervous system and your body that are essentially wrong mm. and in order to do the the normal movements you've got to start trying to kind of ignore all this confused um uh signals that you're getting you know and it was about in a sense you had to have a degree of of being there cognitively to do that so it would i can see how it would be very challenging to, yeah. if you're not, I mean, I had, there was an extent to which the way I thought about movement and the way I thought about my body was such a big part of my recovery, you know? Um, 
that um, I can see how it'd be quite challenging to to treat. But they must have thought about this. I mean, because because it's common, isn't it, to experience dissociation? Um, so in, I, I, I don't know. Or do you think you're quite a rare? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, met, I met people at the national who were dissociating oh okay i've not come across like, anyone with my set with that really symptom. i've um, not not i've never met anyone who's had like you're saying it literally can go on for enormous amounts of time yeah like, like weeks so that that i've never come across but I've, there were people who were certainly doing it you know they do it for 20 minutes or something you know yeah. in a day and then they kind of come out of it and i saw that on the ward quite a lot mm -hmm. But, yeah. Um, sorry, what did you ask me? I've got distracted I, within trying to remember something. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was just saying I can see how it would be difficult to to treat that because certainly a lot of the treatment was about being able to think yourself out of yeah or, or learning or using your kind of intelligence to try and ignore all these sort of faulty signals that that were being that you were being hit with by your brain and body, you know. I, yeah I, I didn't I, I think that's why they found it difficult with yeah. me um, and I don't know if they'd come across someone with my set of symptoms before yeah. I arrived yeah. um, and therefore it made it more challenging for the staff yeah. to implement anything because I just couldn't retain it I couldn't yeah like the physio might set you homework to do and practice until he sees you next but I wouldn't remember I'd leave I'd I had a goldfish memory it was literally Two yeah. seconds, said it, it's gone. Um, yeah, sure. So yeah. it was. It made it more of a challenge for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you made them earn their money. <laughs> I, I made them stop and think, maybe slightly harder than than, yeah. <laughs> than I needed to accidentally. Um, yeah. But you know, it's it is what it is, and that's that's absolutely fine. So totally. I mean, but, what do you do? You think with the the sort of trauma aspect of FNT, how would you how would you sort of What's your take on that in, in terms of how it affects? I mean, what do you think about, I mean, you know, obviously the old way of looking at it is that, you know, it's just a sort of a Freudian thing. It's kind of converting trauma into physical symptoms. Yeah. What What's your sort of take on that very complicated, <laughs> difficult <laughs> argument? You know, what, how, what conclusions have you come to um, in, in all I, of this? Um, oh, God. Because you do you say do you have PTSD? No, no, I don't have PTSD. Okay, okay, no. yeah. Um, but that's not an aspect of, of it for you. No, yeah. it's it's not the PTSD um, or anything like that. It's um, oh god, I think that trauma has a link to it. I not everyone has a trauma that causes FND. Yeah. Um, and I think that sometimes it it can it can change and it can vary. I don't honestly know if, like, for me, I know my story. I know mm. kind of, I'm getting to grips with mine, but I know that everyone's is different. Like, it could yeah. be anything that sets off FND. There's no set rule for it necessarily. Yeah. Um, and it can be really hard to kind of get your head around. And I know that the traditional view is, well, you must have had a trauma. Yeah. yeah. This happened, whether it was childhood or recent, there must have been a trauma that's caused it. Um I that's guess it what, depends that's on the person. What I was told for, for, for years, they were sort of going, you're, you're in denial about this trauma. And I would say, but I don't know what this trauma is you keep talking about. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I had a perfect childhood or anything. You know, I, like most families, we've got our issues and so on. But there, I can't, I couldn't identify a major traumatic incident, you know, that yeah. 
and, and I mean, that, it, it was just sort of they they almost traumatized me constantly telling me it was a bit like being sort of told you're mad every, every, you know frequently for 12 years when you're pretty sure that you're not and they're like no yeah. no you are you're just in denial about it you know and and that can drive you mad you know so yeah I think it's there's there's the trauma side, which is obviously mm. a particular event, and then you can have that slow burnout that also happens. Right. Um, okay. And I think that's another element is that that slow burnout can happen over the period of years, months, whatever it might be, but that will also have an impact and potentially you'll reach empty with a burnout quite like at some point you reach empty, at some point that's it, that's enough. Do you think that's what happened with you? It sort of built up over a long period of time. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that actually I've been displaying some symptoms, although very subtly, for a number of years. Yeah. Um, and that all of a sudden the laryngitis, the blood test, the it all went, you know what? Now you need to pay for more attention to us. Yeah. And you reached a sort of tipping point. Yeah, and yeah. then that was that. I was on the floor having a great time being a fish, and it was marvellous, you know, as you do. <laughs> the fun because began, yeah. The fun did begin, you know, because, you know, there needs to be an element of fun in functional neurological, doesn't there? Um, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, that's the first two, first three letters. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You've got to have an element of fun to fun it. Fun, um, yeah, neurological disorder. Yeah, I, I had God. to, uh, I made yeah. something up that was like, I love my funky neurological dance, because you just got, oh, you've got, as much as you've got to be realistic, you've also got to have some sort of humour. I, I, I think, think I think la laughter saved me from insanity, probably, and, and, a, and a complete psychological collapse. And certainly when I was in in the National having my rehab, humour was such a big part of it. And one of the things that my physio did, Glenn, he actually would sort of tease me and take the piss out of me as a mm. way of kind of he sort of used humour as a kind of distraction method because, mm. um, you, you know, you've got to... One of the things that I think a lot of FND patients have is where you place your attention can make your symptoms worse. I don't know if you've found this as well. Um, if you're... So, for example, if I were to do a certain movement, um, I would get, you know, pain and a bit of spasm and stiffness. And then if I thought about that too much it would start magnifying and it would just mm. get into a downward spiral and the spasm would get even worse yeah so, so sort of distract one of the big things they did with me was after they made me do the movement distraction was really key yeah and, and he used humor a lot to to sort of to do that he would make me laugh and and I would take the piss out of him as well and um that actually sort of worked quite well it was quite creative actually <laughs> the way he um, was yeah I mean yeah, but, but also just laughing with the other patients. I mean, just because there were many moments of humour, you know. Um, yeah. And there were there also, I mean, when the other thing was when you're doing tiny things like, you know, like literally for me, like when I was able to like pick up a glass of water and drink it, that was such a moment of celebration, you know. Yeah. But looking back now, you're like, it seems ridiculous. You know, I and I remember showing all the other patients and I was literally like, watch this. And then I picked up a glass of water and drank it, and they all applauded. And you look back, and you just think, oh, that's just, you know, you know, it, it's such a tiny thing, but it meant so much at that yeah. moment, you know. And I, I had, I had the same thing with carrying. It was absurd, you know, but yeah. I had, I had the same thing with carrying a cup of tea, so I completely get it. Can, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think you've got to take the small, what you perceive now in hindsight as small steps, you've got to take them. They're big steps at the time. You've got to run with them. Yeah. And yeah, you've got to just take them as they come. And when I'm not saying that FND is easy or that everything is shiny and rose filled and, you know, it's lovely because it's not. Bloody well isn't, yeah. You've got to find those moments, however small they might be, of that, look what I've just been able to do. I haven't yeah, yeah. do yeah, it yeah. in six months, however long, yeah. at what I'm now doing. And you've got to hold on to that as tightly as you can because that will be the yeah. thing that gets you your next one. It yeah. will. And and don't don't compare yourself to others and don't compare yourself mm. to normal people who are well. Mm. Um, yeah, because that'll make you feel crap. It, yeah. Just, yeah, celebrate those. Even if they're small breakthroughs, they're still a breakthrough, aren't they? They're still oh, progress. Yeah. And also, I think... If you have a day where your symptoms are bad, don't say that it's a bad day. Say that it's a rest day. I think that's the oh, that's way. Yeah. Because otherwise you're reinforcing the fact that it's bad. And it's yeah. if if you say that your brain is resting, that's yeah. a far nicer way of putting it out than oh, like I'm having a really bad day, like this is the start of a really bad relapse. Like yeah. change the language that you use around it as well. And that that might yeah. help. Um, but I think that's really important because I certainly for me part of my recovery has been actually the times when I wasn't doing anything mm. and they were really important there were days when I had to stop and rest mm. and actually I was progressing because I was giving my brain and nervous system a break mm. so even though I was sitting there doing nothing feeling really frustrated mm. often those rest moments were really key in yeah. my improvement you know yeah, very so definitely. Sometimes when you're, it may feel like you're not, because like we were saying earlier, it, it's so frustrating when you want to just go out for a long walk or you want to play the piano or you want to, you know, just doing the old stuff that you used to do, isn't it? And you know you can't. And you know that if you don't have that rest day, you're, you might blow it, you know. Mm. You just, but, but sometimes those rest days are really key in progress. Yeah. And you're actually not doing nothing. Yeah. You're actually helping your, your brain, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Very definitely. Right. Well, my brain is about to reach its limit. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to call i I feel like I've taken in a lot of information. My brain is about to go fluff. I Yeah, uh, I've learned a huge amount from you. I I yeah, it's been absolutely fascinating well, how it's affected I, you. I, I, I I'm yeah. glad. <laughs> it, it just well it just showed the variation is 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 massive, isn't it? Even yeah. though we've got the same conditions. Yeah. So well, thank you for that. I really learned a lot. Oh, well, thank you yeah. for coming on and for sharing your story. Um, and um, yeah, thank you very much for coming on. And thanks to you guys for listening. And um, hopefully there'll be another one coming soon. So 